Welcome to Method in Madness and I'm your host Sabi. Today I have somebody I have known for almost 18 years since 2004. His name is Advet Gupt. He is the co-founder and the CEO of Kulfi Collectives. Advet started his career at the age of 21 in investment banking and as he says after 5 years of romanticizing spreadsheets he decided it's time for something else so together with his brother he started a new journey to pursue opportunities in emerging digital content space and they have been rocking it since in the last 9 years they have built three ventures the supari studios post office and kira media for his vision and outstanding work Advet was Forbes Asia's 30 under 30 in 2016 and in 2017 he was also selected to be a Inc fellow. I can tell you from my personal experience he is a truly inspiring person who is always triggered with creativity and new ideas and I am happy that he's going to share his madness today. Advet Gupt, welcome to Method in Madness. This is Method in Madness. Welcome to Method in Madness, Advet. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Savi. Thank you for having me here. It's my pleasure. Now, Advet and me have uh, known each other for over 18 years. Uh, we known each other since we were like in bachelor college, and our lives and trajectories have moved in different direction. and advet's trajectory has been extremely inspiring so i'm very honored that we get to hear a little bit about your madness today in this podcast i'm just as well as much honored to be here and uh, obviously it's great great chatting with you awesome so uh, we kind of studied finance you know when we were uh, in college and then you were continuing in that direction you worked for a investment bank and then what happened that you moved to creative industry What was that stroke of lightning? How did you come up with that idea? <laughs> I don't think it was much of a stroke of lightning, but just a series of, um, I would say, I wouldn't say unfortunate, but rather very fortunate events that happened in my life. Uh, it started off with me having a little bit of a realization that um, I wasn't very happy with my job and wasn't really um, achieving what I wanted to achieve as an individual. so it started off with the intent of doing something a little bit more unconventional with my life which was uh, well at that point in time uh, doing an mba uh, so i had quit my job initially with the intent of doing my mba and while i was uh, studying for my gmat my younger brother akshat had just come back from film school um and he was sort of dabbling around in um you know making content um for brands and agencies in bombay and we just thought that maybe there's an opportunity for us to do something together he came to me one day he told me that i might be better off putting my ppt and excel skills at helping him start a business so i said why not let's give this a shot so i gave up on my grand mba and gmat plans we participated in a short film contest we entered a, a, a short film that we produced there we fortunately won that short film contest we won some Uh, about a thousand dollars in proceeds, uh, and uh, took that money, bought ourselves an iMac, and bootstrapped our company from there. So yeah, so I'd just say a series of lot of events uh, that led to this versus you know I would say one you saw it for me. 
appreciate it. Fantastic. Was it a, when you first stepped into the creative uh, place and it was uh, Supari Films, right? If I'm correct, uh, the, the launching pad? Yes. So we started off as Supari Studios. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the first business that we sort of set up. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, we sort of evolved into doing a bunch of other things from there. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I've I've often heard when when you are in this creative zone is it sometimes unstructured. You know, there's a lot of ideas, a lot of things are flowing, a lot of creativity. Uh, do you think you were able to bring any kind of culture from the corporate or the investment banking background that you had? Were you able to bring any of this the culture to the to your own startup, which actually proved uh, uh, a good idea? Oh, absolutely. I think that like, um, you know, growing, building your career or starting your career in finance, I think has some fabulous foundational benefits, um, really gave me a deep insight in building and running business in general. And I think that that gave me a lot of perspective in our early years. So, um, I'm very thankful for the, for the five years, um, that I spent in my finance job, um, you know, focusing on a bunch of different things. Um, and that gave me um, you know, the kind of skill sets I would need uh, to be able to sort of build in the kind of structure in a creative space. I think, um, you know, contrary to popular belief, creativity is also a very, very, I would say, scientific process. Um, there's a fairly deep framework to the way in which you sort of approach creativity. I think, um, you know, we, we assume that you're going to have this one epiphany, one fine day, and you're going to come to some sort of a um, you know, an answer to all your questions. But I think typically the creative process in itself is a process. It, it follows, um, you know, certain systems. And, and along the way, as we sort of grown as an organization and just a group of people, we've been able to sort of under, understand that there is a framework um, to how you sort of build ideas and, 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 and approach creativity at large. Very well said. Very well said. So, if you have to, to today, I'm, I think uh, maybe you're, you're not considering that. Maybe I'm pretty sure you're not. But should you have to go back to corporate world, to investment banking, in all these years as a founder, as uh, uh, somebody who has seen uh, Stupari Studios from inception and now it's growing to new heights, <clears throat> what practices from this experience will you bring to a corporate investment banking kind of structure that you think they need? I think uh, it's super important, whether it's corporate or it's a startup or it's whatever kind of an environment you're in. I think it's super important to be able to align your personal goals and your personal mission with the mission of the organization of the environment you're a part of. And I think that that is the one thing I made as a promise to myself when I quit my job uh, way back in 2012, that whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure that I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. Um, and every morning, you got to wake up. Um, excited to do the work that you want to do. Um, and I think that that comes with you being aligned with what you as an individual want and, and what your organization or the organization that you're a part of wants. Um, so I think that whatever, wherever you are, or if I had to sort of take this to any other organization or any other place, um, I'll make sure that it, it has a very clear, well-articulated mission. Um, and, 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 and I ensure that like the culture that we create and the environment that we build, uh, and the people that we attract are people who, um, align with that, that mission, um, as individuals as well. Fantastic. Atred. One of the things that really I, I find you very inspiring for is 
that you took that plunge um, from, let's say, a secure place to a complete different industry. Uh, we all have that little bit of urge, something that tells that, you know, you, you know, I can create content. Some people do it on Instagram or YouTube, but do not have the courage to make it a full-time job. Um, afraid, golden handcuffs, many things. But you are somebody who took that uh, leap of trust and that I'm, I'm, I know it's paid off very well. I've seen your growth. I know you have been uh, in Forbes uh, 30 under 30 in Asia for all uh, achievements that you gathered. Uh, what would be your advice to somebody who is who is creative, who has many ideas, but is too afraid to take that plunge? Let's say is in in their late twenties, mid thirties, in that age range. What would be your advice to them? Um, I think it's a bunch of different things, right? I mean, in my case, I was fortunate enough to surround myself with people who sort of enabled me to go ahead and take that plunge and. Uh, you know, we we are in environments where I think um, there's a certain sort of fear that gets conditioned in us, uh, and we're just too afraid to be judged. Um, to some extent, um, there's this wonderful talk, uh, TED Talk by Sir Ken Robinson, who is an educationist, um, and he talks. He spoke about this this very interesting thing about how sometimes education can kill, can kill creativity. And um, I, I kind of agree. Uh, what tends to happen is that, you know, when we are much younger, um, if you give us a, a couple of crayons and a sheet of paper, we just uh, do what we would like to do and, and are not afraid of judgment and enable ourselves to just sort of uh, create things um, without any fear. Um, and somehow along the line, uh, along the road, as we sort of grow older and we sort of go through the process of being tested and, uh, you know, being um, going through examinations and, and, and just uh, the whole traditional educational process, we get conditioned to believe that, um, you know, we're going to be judged on our skills and our capabilities. Um, and that tends to probably, that fear of judgment uh, tends to sort of prevent us from really being as creative as we should be. Um, so I think the the, the one piece of advice is to try and find ways to let go of that fear of judgment, um, to allow yourself um, uh, to really sort of explore, um, you know, the things that you are passionate about and you're excited about. Uh, and hopefully along the way, you'll be able to sort of find, um, you know, uh, that one, two thing that you're, you're, you're most excited about that you can actually sort of do. For you. Nice. Thank you. I, I think that really, I agree with you. The fear of judgment is something, especially with the amount of trolling that can happen on social media. Uh, it, it does feel a bit hesitant, and uh, but it's all about overcoming that hesitation and uh, discomfort. Being an entrepreneur um, comes with a lot of uh, uh, happiness, success, but also responsibilities, especially in when we are pushed into completely uncharted territory, like the pandemic of uh, 2020, where we, we, we had no idea how long it's going to last, what's going to happen. One fine day, you just don't come to work. Um, and, and, and it's a time when you have, you care about the company, but also the people. It's a whole different uh, thing that you have to care. And you're, how was that period for you as a leader? And what's the most valuable thing you learned in, in that time, uh, managing people? 
So yeah, I'll, I'll take that question in two parts, right? I think one was, you know, the uncertainty of the pandemic itself. And I think the greatest learning was communication. I think uh, when you're in an environment of uncertainty, even if you're just, you have no idea what's going to happen, just the fact that if you're communicating the fact that you have no idea what's going to happen plays a very, very important role in being able to sort of comfort the people around you. So um, I think the one thing that, that uh, really... Um, really stood out for us as an organization was the fact that we were highly communicative during this time and we interacted with each other and made sure that we understood each other, listened to each other's challenges and tried to sort of solve for them one one problem at a time. Uh, I think the second part to the whole process, which is easier said than done, but is I think a significant part of um, just going solo, independent, starting off on your own, um, building out a business, so just the whole entrepreneurial journey at large is, I think, the ability to find some comfort and ambiguity. Um, we, you know, we often um, seek certainty. We often seek, um, you know, um, clarity and uh, just the, the ability to be able to predict uh, or live predictable lives. But this is something that I think I've learned from, you know, a lot of people um, um, especially, I would say, younger uh, generations. Gen Z um, is is a very good example of a generation that has sort of learned to navigate in a world of uncertainty, uh, and they've really become comfortable with uh, the concept of ambiguity. And I think that that is something that really plays a very important role uh, as you sort of evolve when you're entrepreneurial journey. Just being able to embrace change the way it's going to come your way. Uh, and uh, make sure that, you know, uh, every opportunity or every uh, incident that sort of occurs in your life is an opportunity that you sort of um, take in your stride and, and benefit from. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. I have one last question that I ask all my guests because the podcast is called Method in Madness. Has, has there been a moment of madness in your life? Some, something you did that everybody told you, don't do it. Or even you were nervous, but you still did it. And today, when you look back, you say, thank God I did it. Has there been a moment of magic? As far as I know you, there have been a couple. You're probably not thinking which one to say, but uh, please tell us your moment of madness that you're most proud of. Yeah, I think there are quite a few moments of madness over the last, I'd say, 10 or 15 years. Uh, um, the fact that we sort of started this company um, at a time when... The concept of digital uh, as such, much like what I think today is, is termed as Web3 and you know, NFTs and Metaverse, um, digital in 2012 um, in India was, was a lot like uh, the Wild West. And uh, when we used to tell people that we make um, content or make videos for a mobile phone, um, you know, people used to laugh at us. Uh, and obviously, some extent we also wondered whether it was some version of madness but uh, it was something that we were excited about and it made a lot of sense to us and um, we just went along the way and it worked out very well for us so so yeah i think that there have been enough and more incidents of of, of madness in our journey and uh, and yeah we somehow through the process i think embraced it it's, it's, it's what sort of keeps us going and uh, I think that in itself has become a method um, of how we how we move ahead on things. And what's what's next? What's the next madness for Adved? 
<laughs> I don't know right now. I don't know um, what is next, but uh, yeah, I think it's just more about finding things that that excite you. Right now, we are obviously very excited about what's happening on Web three and and the whole sort of ecosystem around Web three. Uh, we think that there is truly a deep level of potential um, that can be unlocked in the. I would say next evolution of the internet, and, and yeah, we're hopeful that uh, that good things will come out. So, so yeah, I think that's where um, that's where we're sort of applying some of our time in the next couple of months and years. I am sure great things will come up, my friend. Thank you so much for candidly sharing your journey, your mad- madness, and your trajectory. Like I always say, you really inspire, and I look forward to your madnesses so that we can learn. and we can also aim towards that advet it has been absolute a pleasure talking to you this is the first time we're doing something like this uh, but i'm really happy and honored that you made time for me uh, thank you so much for joining method in madness thank you thank you so much savi i just want to point out that like i think every conversation feels like a podcast interview with you <laughs> but, but yeah so it didn't feel it didn't feel strange at all in any way uh, thanks again for having me with an absolute pleasure my pleasure And that was yet another episode of Method in Madness. In few weeks, I will be back with more madness, more stories, and more bounce back. Till then, well, like I always say, stay mad because that's the way we can stay sane.